Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. They cried until they had no more power to cry. And David, he was not exempt from this extreme tragedy. In fact, they took his two wives. Crazy scene thus far as he coming home. It says, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. In today's text, we'll read how David and his men returned to their home and found the people they loved slaughtered and taken into captivity. As Pastor Eric continues his teaching through 1 Samuel, he'll be encouraging us to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, just as David did during grievous times. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of today's message entitled, The Return. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 5, it says this, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag, and on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the woman, the women and those who were there. From small to great, they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. Verse 3, so David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Anahom and the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. So here we see right off the bat, David going home was not uh, probably what he imagined, right? He left the Philistines, the camp of the Philistines, getting ready to go fight the war. He goes home with his men, and they come to the city where they have been residing, and they see it burned. The Amalekites had come in and taken all the women from, and all the people, the sons, the daughters, small to great. They took them captive. Although they didn't kill anybody, they took them captive. And so David comes home with, the, with his men, and they come and they see everything burned. Businesses, houses. And then you come where there's no one home. This really struck nerves and, and, and emotions within David and the men. <laughs> Could you imagine coming back into Coolidge and Coolidge burned? Your family's taken. What would you be feeling? How would you, be, how would you react? Probably like what David and his men reacted. They lifted up their voices and wept. They wept until they had no more power to weep anymore. They cried. They wept. And the word wept in the Hebrew literally means tears shed. They cried until they had no more power to cry. And David, he was not exempt from this extreme tragedy. In fact, they took his two wives. Crazy scene thus far as he coming home. It says, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. 
Then David said to Abinathar, the priest of Amalek's son, please bring me the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Now this is amazing, because here we see in this section of Scripture, David's return back to the guidance of the Lord. As, as the people received their strength, they regained their strength from weeping and crying, shedding tears. They became bitter, so bitter that they wanted to stone David. Now, why did they want to stone David? Well, because he was the one who led them there. Remember, he's the one who took him to Ziklag, to the, to the area of Gath, because he was running away from Saul. And instead of just seeking the Lord, he was like, Saul's going to continue to find me and try to pursue my life. So I'm going to live with amongst the Philistines. So the, the, the men who were with him probably became bitter because we're only here because David brought us here. Right? <laughs> he was the one who led them to the battle to, to take them away from their family. But he was not the one who burned the city. He wasn't the one who took their families. Because remember, he was affected as well. Nevertheless, David was under pressure from the people. And David, under this pressure, knowing that his wives have been taken captive, now his men have turned against him. All alone, he turns to who? To the Lord. He turns to God. He turns to the Lord his God. And he seeks the Lord. And he, and it says that he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, a few chapters back, remember when David was going through a hard time, Saul came, was, uh, was pursuing his life. And Jonathan, David's son, came to David and it, he encouraged him in the Lord. Meaning he brought words of encouragement. He spoke well to David, to lift up his spirits, knowing that God was with him and he wasn't going to forsake him. So David turns and finds strength in the Lord. The word strength in the Hebrew means to encourage or to grow firm in. So David, during this time of loneliness and in this time of pressure, he grows firm in God. Well, how does one encourage him or herself in the Lord? Well, the prophet Isaiah remembered who the Lord was. Isaiah 25, verse 4 says this. It should be on our screens. It says, For you have been been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the blast of the terrible one is as a storm against the wall. The prophet Isaiah remembered who God was. He was strength to the poor. He was strength to the needy, one who was in distress, refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. Habakkuk, the prophet, had the same action plan. How does one strengthen himself or herself in the Lord? They remember who the Lord is. The prophet said this in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, 
and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. Habakkuk 3, verses 17 through 19. So here in the midst of the distress and the chaos and what seems like the world is coming down, these two prophets remembered who God is. Remember who he is. Now God has given you and me insight how to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Remember and speak forth who he is. Remember who he is and speak forth who he is. There is power in his name. Listen to Job's description of God. Job chapter 9, verse 5. He removes the mountains, and they do not know when he overturns them in his anger. He continues on. He shakes the earth out of its place, and its pillars tremble. He commands the sun, and it does not rise. He seals off the stars. He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He made the bear Orion and Pleiades and the chambers of the south. He does great things past finding out, yes, wonders without number. That is the description of our God, the one who has the heavens created. And you might do, I mean, like, this is huge. Because he is the one that we turn to in the time of distress. How do we encourage ourselves? By simply remembering and speaking forth who he is. Sounds too simple, doesn't it? But yet there's power in this. Finally, take a look at what Azah said about God in Second Chronicles 14.11. And Azah cried out to the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether many or or with those who have no power, help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you, and in your name we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. These examples in God's word tells us how do we encourage ourselves? By remembering and speaking forth who God is. In your time of distress, do you speak forth and remember who God is and that he holds the power? He holds the authority. All authority, the Bible says, that has been given to Jesus. Do we remember that? How does one encourage him or herself in the Lord? Remember who God is. Rest on him. And it's in his name you move forward because he is your God. Now, David is encouraged, so he asked the Lord. In our test, he asked the Lord. He's encouraged within the Lord. I'm sure there was a sweet time of fellowship between him and God, that personal relationship between him and his God. Because did you notice in verse 6, it says, the Lord, his God. David had a relationship. He strengthened himself. He encouraged himself within his God. And so then the Lord speaks to David after David says, what shall I do? Shall I pursue and God respond, responds by saying, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail, and you will recover all. What a sweet word from God to David. And I love this because it says, without fail. 
without fail, you will recover all. God sees the outcome of David's questions. He sees the outcome because God has already been there. He knows all things. So here, David is returning to the one who knows all things, who has all authority and all power, and he remembers who God is. And he says, should I go? Yes, go. You will be successful. And, you know, everything's going to come back. You're going to recover everything. Go overtake them. See, God sees the outcome of your questions. If you're like me, you have questions for God. <laughs> Sometimes I think, can I ask God question, too, much, too many questions? But no, he cares about us, right? I have a lot of questions for God and for the Lord. But after, after seeking the Lord in prayer, David gets the confirmation on what God wanted him to do. Now, this has been lacking for 16 months for David, not asking the Lord what to do. But here in our text, we see that not even 16 months of not asking the Lord, God listened to the response of David's crying out, and he responded to David. After 16 months, he responds. Now, this encourages me, and I hope it encourages you tonight, because it should encourage you this evening. We have heard many times, seek the Lord in prayer. Prayer is powerful. Have you heard that before? Probably thousands upon thousands of times behind a pulpit. Many of you believe that, but how many participate in prayer? How many partake in prayer? David, for 16 months, did not seek the Lord. At least it wasn't written down that he did. And I would say that it wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't his heart because his actions didn't reflect it either. And actions always seem to speak louder than words. We saw the result of him not seeking the Lord. His home was burned and his family was taken away. I mean, I don't believe, personally, my only, my thought, I don't believe that this is where God wanted him to reside, was in the Philistine camp. So we see the results. And I believe if David had sought the Lord after his second meeting with Saul, after he spared Saul for the second time, and Saul said to him, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna chase your life anymore. I'm not gonna pursue you anymore. If he would have gone to the Lord, I believe the Lord would have guided him and directed him in a different direction. But he chose in his own mind, if you remember what we read, he was like, he's going to keep pursuing me, so I'm going to go re reside here. But yet, we see the grace and compassion of God, even after 16 months. That's a year and four months, my friends. Sometimes I feel like I'm so far away from God if I don't talk to him for two or three days, you know? 16 months. But yet God's compassion and his love for David, because David, with a sincere heart, asked God what he wanted him to do. God, what do you want me to do? God response, responded. Why did he respond? Because David turned to him for direction. And David desired God's way and not his own. Did you know that God wants that from you and me? That he wants us to turn to him? He wants us to lean not on our own understanding, but to trust in Him. Maybe you have a, you've been out of prayer for a while, operating under your own strength, and now you're facing a disaster. I would encourage you tonight to take it to the Lord.
to take it to him tonight. If it's here or at your home, in your prayer closet, wherever it may be, if there's something that you haven't spoken to God about, go to him and he will respond. If your heart is genuine, wanting to know the direction that he wants and that you're willing to go that way, take it to him. He will give you guidance. He will be your strength. He is your God. He is your strength. Turn to him and ask him, Lord, my God, what shall I do? What shall I do? And remembering that he has seen the end of your question. He has seen the end of it. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 15 that God hears the prayers of the righteous. I mean, that means to turn with him with a genuine heart tonight. Approaching his throne through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Because as we learned on Sunday, our righteousness doesn't get us anywhere. But it's the righteousness of Jesus Christ that gets us to the throne room, right? The ascension into heaven, Jesus. In John chapter 16, it was because of his righteousness. It's because of the Son we can get to the Father. And so it's through him, through Jesus, that we can have this time with God because he sees us as his sons and daughters because of Jesus paving the way, paying the payment for us to be his family. By doing this, by approaching God with that heart through the righteousness of Christ, God will respond and he will direct. Continuing on in verses 9 through 19, we see the outcome of what's going to take place. So David went. The Lord tells him to go and pursue these guys that took the families, who burned the city. He says, so David went, he and the 600 men who were with him. And they came to Brook Besor, where those who stayed were left behind. But David pursued. He and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besor. Verse 11, Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. They gave him bread and he ate it, and they let him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk water for three days and three nights." Then David said to him, To whom do you belong, and where are you from? And he said, I am a young man from Egypt, servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. Verse 14, When we made an invasion of the southern area of the Cherethites in the territory which belongs to Judah and the southern area of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, can you take me down to this troop? So he said, swear to me by God that you will neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this troop. Verse 16, and when he had brought him down, there they were, spread, spread out over all the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Verse 17, then David attacked them from the twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 men, young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away and David rescued his two wives. 
and nothing of theirs lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them, David recovered all. God came through. God came through on what he told him. Is that surprising? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we see in these 10 verses that David and his 600 men departed to pursue the Amalekites. They came to Brook Besor, which was a river that emptied into the Mediterranean Sea. Now 200 of his men stayed back because they did not cross the river because they were weary. These 200 men were exhausted. Now David and 400 men crossed the river and they found the Egyptian man. And he was a slave to the Amalekites. And then when they found him, David gave them food, gave him food and water because he hadn't drank anything or eaten anything for three days and three nights. And so when he regained his strength, as he regained his strength, David says, hey, where are you from? And the servant gives the info to David and he says, hey, we were, I'm an Egyptian, but I'm a, I'm a slave to the Amalekites. And we, we did all these things. And it's like, hello, God just put you in our path. Hey, do you mind, Mr. Egyptian, to take us to this camp? Yeah, if you don't kill me. All right, deal. So they go and they find the camp of the Amalekites. And what were they doing? They were dancing, drinking, partying it up because they had taken the great spoil. Craziness, right? Now, I find this, I find this very interesting that David found favor with the enemy's slave, well, how did this happen? How did David find favor with the enemy's slave? The one who took all the spoil, all the people. How did David find favor with them? Well, David blessed him by feeding him and giving him drink. And he showed this man mercy. He showed him mercy. And I believe if we want to find favor with man in this world, we must show them mercy and give them truth. In fact, Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4 says this. It's on the screen, so look at it with me here. It says, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet on, of your heart. And so, find, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Now, I've seen, I've seen this play out in real life. When Nicole and I were in Haiti, Pastor Brian down there at Cross the Light Ministries showed mercy, and he said it was all done by Jesus, which is also the truth, right? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth. And so he shows mercy to the people, the people in Tent City. They were living in tarps for houses, and yet this man had mercy and truth bound around his neck, and he presented it daily to the people around her around him. And guess what God did? He not only found favor with God, God was doing miraculous things and still is with this ministry, but now the people have also, he's found favor with the people, meaning that the people are listening to him present the truth. It's amazing. And I believe that it works here in our culture today. May this be a challenge to you tonight display mercy and truth, and you will find favor in the sight of God and man. This is our challenge as a church. <laughs> Look for ways to display mercy and truth. 
So David, you know, he, he shows this guy mercy and truth. And sure enough, he, he comes through and he says, here's the Amalekite troops. And it's like, yes, I didn't even have to track them. This guy took us right to there. And now we can go and we can attack them. There's so much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of 1 Samuel next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at gracetothehearers.com. Sometimes it's just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Perhaps God spoke to you clearly through this message in 1 Samuel, and you need to review this message. Again, this message and many others are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast. Subscribing is easy. Log on to gracetothehearers.com and follow the link, or simply search for Grace to the Hearers on the iTunes store. From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers.